0: All right, let's do this. Welcome, welcome, welcome to A Little Impolite, where I am never ever afraid to dive into unconventional ideas and challenges, the norms and status quos. Today we're going to be taking, or not we it's me. Today I'm going to be taking a very bold leap into the electrifying world of entrepreneurship and specifically I want to talk about my secret ingredient that set, that sets successful entrepreneurs apart. And not just entrepreneurs, but people in general, people who have, have a modicum of success, I'm going to say that there's a specific secret ingredient that, and there are more than one, but there's one that sort of crosses, uh, uh, intersects across all elements of entrepreneurship, and I think it's disobedience. And that might seem a bit unconventional to you, probably controversial to some, um, but I just, just stick with me here. I want to sort of unravel this, I want to unravel this rebellion that fuels the success of these mavericks that we admire, and I want to open up with a, um, I want to open up with a, a really cool quote from a, a brilliant writer um, Henry David Thoreau, and he says, "Success usually comes to those, success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. Success comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. So think about that for a second, and just sort of let that soak in. And am I talking fast? Um, I'm no Thoreau." Um, but I proudly must sort of admit that um, my personal journey has been characterized by a spirit of rebellion, nonconformity, and disobedience. and And you know me if you've listened to me any time in the in the recent past. Um, I, I grew up in a a very strictly regimented household under my father's tyrannical firm rule. And I often found myself challenging his constraints and his ridiculous expectations that he imposed upon me and my siblings, because I just found them to be just absolutely nonsensical. And and that's not coming from a 12-year-old and, you know, I'm only young and what do I understand? Um, I'm looking at those looking back now um, introspectively and sort of contextually understanding and and they never made much sense to me then and they still don't today. And that often led me to a very conflictive and uncomfortable experience i'm putting that lightly you know um if if i would if i disobeyed my father for some from from one of these insidious expectations he had of me you know i'd often be punished by um beltings or i used to have to eat ivory bar, bars of ivory soap like just crazy shit, like stuff you see in the movies. And and I know there's lots of other people that have stories like this out there, but it still baffles my mind that, you know, that sort of discipline. And as a father, like, I have two daughters, so it's, it's sort of always baffled me that that sort of discipline persisted in this environment. And I have 11 brothers and sisters, so, you know, like, all of us went through some version of it some more than others because some were less disruptive and disobedient and you know there was a spectrum in my family the, the disobedient which is where i was the poster child and then you know the conformists, which you know there are children in that family that conform to the rules it's the nature of humanity um nevertheless i digress um i persisted like most of my life, like it, it became a physical situation um, when I came back from college my first year. And I pushed back and I, I didn't nothing ever made sense to me on a lot of the things. And I did not choose to fall on that spectrum of conformity. And and this this defiance, this disobedience, can I use a really cool word I just picked up? Fraught. It's not used enough. So this disobedience, um fraught with. Difficult difficulties and um, discomforts really sort of ultimately shaped who I am today and the path the path that I'm on and and I may not be a household name but you know I'm pretty proud of the shit that I've pulled off in in my in in half of my life so far roughly and I've crafted a pretty successful two businesses now I've just launched my uh, third business. Um, I've launched a pretty successful and had a pretty unique and pretty fun life in the last, you know, ten years or so. When I finally started to uh, drink some of the Matrix Kool Aid, and um, yeah, I, I, and and I've and I and I've been a bit disobedient to most of my life. So, I thought it'd be really cool if I explored this a little bit further, and dive into this intersection of disobedience, society, entrepreneurship. Um, and it's not just entrepreneurship again it's but because I'm an entrepreneur and I, I sort of align myself with that ethos I like talking about them um, I have a lot of mad respect for entrepreneurs especially the ones who are just doing amazing things and I think I mentioned I was at a uh, I have a mastermind group that I started and um, I have just the most amazing people in there and we just came back from Mexico where we attended a workshop um, for um, Dan Mangina he's an abundance coach and abundance guru. And he has built this magnificent business around helping other people figure out their shit. And um, so my mastermind, or not all of us, but some of us uh, convened in Mexico three weeks ago for his abundance workshop, the last one he's ever doing. And, and you know, there were 20 or so of us in this room for four days and four nights. And we went to this really cool house on the beach. And we were the only people who had a house. Um, actually, there was another dude who literally rented a tent on the beach. So shout out to my boy, Kofi. Um, he rented like this little bungalow tent that was literally sitting on the beach. And I don't even know who he paid, but it was really cool. Anyway, we had this really badass beach house. And so for four days, three days, four nights, we hung out with these 20 entrepreneurs in this room. And it was like... um You ever see those memes where there's like the the brain is deconstructed and there's no hair and scalp or anything. It's just like a brain and it's pulsating. Like, dude, when you walked into the room, you could literally feel the, like the reverberations of the brain power and the, the innovation and the brilliance and creativity that was emanating from the people in the room. And then I walked in and people like, whoa, what was that disturbance that we just went way down? (laughs) So no, but like it was a dude, it was a true honor to be in this space. And I just, I remember reflecting every night when I would go back to my beach house and just thinking holy shit man that's a lot of really amazing people in that room and i started thinking about all of them because i've interacted with all of them on a personal level and they've all been very disobedient most of their life in the sense of like going against the status quo well, not most of their life um questioned things you know some of us like myself went went into the path of conformity and was still questioning stuff but still aligned themselves with it and there were people like us that sort of had this um awakening, if you will. And I'm not woke. I just had an awakening. And and there are a bunch of other people in that room like them. But most of them all shared one common thread is they were very disobedient most of their life. So I thought we would just really dive into that. Okay. That was a really long setup. Thanks for humoring me. Um, so let's just jump into it. So When you think of entrepreneurs, and when I think of the people that were in that room that I just described in that mastermind, you know, I I think of people that are visionary. I think of people that are innovative. I think of people that are disruptive. I think of people that are creative. I think of people that are unique. I think of people that are brilliant and willing to be convicted about something and stand by that conviction. And and but I really wanted to explore what the true meaning of those words. And have you ever stopped to think about some of the words that I just dropped? Like, what do they really mean? And Within those words that are tied to those people that you think of, is there a unique DNA that, that sets these people apart from others? And I, I think I'm in that group. Um, my, my mental capacity may not be as exorbitant as some of the people that I was around um, in that conference or that I've engaged with on my podcast, whatever, um, which is, by the way, the reason I started my podcast so I could surround myself with more of these people, um, and, and i think there is one word and i think it's uh disobedient so just, let's just let's just keep jumping into that so who are the let's think about some historical figures actually let's, before i go to that let's talk about um i've titled my podcast so i broke it down into like a, an outline and i've t- i've titled it um disobedience S- um success usually comes to those sorry that's the wrong quote i forgot what i titled it um we're going to have to scratch that part while, while i'm recording but Resistance and innovation. Let's talk about that. So, the first section in my outline for what I want to talk about in this actual podcast, after that really lengthy uh, intro, is resistance and innovation. So, like Galileo, which we're going to talk about in a second, he faced accusations of heresy for established for for challenging these established beliefs. Um, entrepreneurs do the same, and and they they challenge these established beliefs. In pursuit of a of a greater purpose, um, a greater purpose that a greater purpose that can transform the industries in which they live, or the processes, or whatever it be, the status quo. And so, history is filled with people like Galileo, and will be filled with many more because these people are born every day. But you know, as I mentioned earlier, Galileo—if you don't know anything about his story—he challenged this this established geocentric view of the universe and. Asserting that and asserting like adamantly that the Earth revolved around the sun, uh, and and the belief at the time was the other way around, and it was a radical, crazy idea at the time, and and his theories they were met with a lot of resistance from the Catholic Church, from government, which was controlled by the Catholic Church at the time, and and they eventually led to his trial and his house arrest and some other stuff that we won't go into, but despite this, his work his work today has laid the foundation for modern physics and astronomy as we know it and had he not been disobedient who knows where where we might be today because back in his day you know there were some crazy ass views of of modern physics and astronomy and and those those are all being challenged today and you know that's an iterative process but um who knows where we'd be so let's think about somebody else um we drive what do we drive every day henry ford Um, how do we, how are we able to afford cars like that? You know, I have a $50,000 car that's been in my driveway for a few years now. And, and, you know, back in the day when, when cars were, were not a, even in existence, people got around on, on horses and bicycle and walking and trains and things like that. But we didn't have this, like, you know, the ability to just get in our car and, and, you know, drive minutes to the grocery store. And so Ford faced resistance from, from the established manufacturers when he came up with this idea of of sort of making automobiles on a mass produced level and making them consequently by mass producing them making them more affordable for just you know average joe's and and that was met with some serious resistance and despite that he persisted and ultimately he transformed like literally transformed the automobile industry and American society in general with with the mass production of his model T and and you know just literally has changed the, the the landscape of the planet by by doing literally and figuratively. Who else? Steve Jobs, Apple. I'm on an Apple uh, laptop right now recording this. So Steve Jobs. In in the 1970s, the idea of personal computing um, it was like, laughed at. It was it was laughable. Um, but what's the dude who built Apple with him? Steve um, Steve Wozniak. Steve Wozniak. I've I've no idea how I remember that. But um, Jobs and Wozniak, you know they're like there's a market for this putting computers in people's homes and they persisted and now apple is one of the most valuable companies in the world and if you want a fascinating story read his book um his autobiography because he sort of talks about everything that they went through and the resistance that they faced and the idea the laughable resistance that they faced and sort of the idea of putting a you know what i'm now using uh, a laptop in my in my home and there's an argument to say that like everyone on the planet has a, a has a personal computer now was changed um by his disobedience to the status quo. So yeah. What else? Airbnb? What's the dudes who started Airbnb? Brian Chesky. I don't remember the other guy's name. But you know, they came up with this idea of Airbnb. And if you've never read the story of Airbnb, please read it. I, I forget the name of the book, but there's a, a, a marvelous book on sort of how that company started. And you know, that's the business model for a lot of businesses now. But they had this really cool disobedient idea of letting strangers stay in your home and people were like like let's just like if you contextually we all know what airbnb is right like but let's imagine our, ourselves in the past like if you can transport yourselves back to you know 25 years ago roughly before airbnb even existed and imagine that just a random stranger that you've never met before and their family and you know you have no idea who's in that family is going to come stay at your house. like They just rolled up on your driveway and was like, hey, we're staying here for the week and we're going to give you some money for that. You'd be like, get the fuck out, right? So the fact that they did that and and Airbnb is what it is today, Like a a month doesn't go by that I, I have to stay in an Airbnb myself. And I always choose Airbnbs over hotels most of the time because it's just more convenient and you don't have to sit in an elevator or go up and down and sitting with 150 people breathing their recycled air just like no privacy just like Airbnb was genius and people laughed at them and they've now transformed the hospitality industry because of their disobedience to you know the status quo so um there's literally hundreds of thousands of stories like that where people and and disobedience and entrepreneurship um success is different for different people so just because you haven't gone on to like change the ethos of the universe or the planet in their case doesn't mean that you still can't be disobedient and have a modicum of uniqueness and niceness and successfulness in your life and 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 so i just sort of wanted to kind of step back and clarify that because i don't think that i don't think that one always equates the other but disobedience is definitely a key characteristic in anybody who is m- making waves on the planet in in their unique and various ways. Does that make sense? Um, okay. So um, next piece I've titled in here is, is this rejection of conformity and sort of how, how disobedience leads itself to this rejection of conformity. And you know, for me, conformity it, it stifles growth and in, in any innovation. If everyone's always doing the exact same thing, there's no reason to do anything different. If we, it, it, but as soon as somebody introduces something else, like I, I always play this little game when I'm driving in the car, and I, it's just kind of unique to me. And some people laugh at me for it, but you know, you ever drive up to a two-lane traffic um, stop, and most of the cars will be in only one lane, and only a few in the other. And so, you know, if I happen to be in the con in the conformist lane, which we'll call. And I only see a couple of cars. I quickly zip over and I just sort of wait to see how many people do the same thing. And it's usually about 20% of the cars will be in my lane and suddenly zip over because they'll see nobody in there. But I, I always led that. And I never understood like there's two lanes. Why don't people always get over? Why does everybody just sort of fall into that? And, and, and I think we're just humans in general are conformists, um, as a general rule of thumb. And you know, there's only a small percentage of people that step outside of that. And so successful entrepreneurs are those types of people for me. And they reject this notion of adhering to this, uh, this established rule or staying in this lane. And instead, they pave new paths and, and choose to unlock their creative freedom. And, and in so doing, they change the world and those around them. And, and again, this can happen big and can happen small, um, everyone has their own unique way of doing this, but if you can figure out a way to reject this notion of adhering to these established rules all the time and be a bit more disobedient about stuff and question things and critically think about things as as, as opposed to just saying hey that's how we do it so we're going to continue to do it that way that's the rules that's what the rules say a lot of times the rules are just are, are just based on like nonsensical data it's just like somebody made it up and then suddenly like galileo like somebody said that you know the sun revolved around the earth and people are like oh, okay the sun revolves around the earth and so it's like if you don't step outside that space and question it then the sun's always going to revolve around the earth for you and and that might not That might not predicate the types of things that you always envisioned for your life. Does that make sense? So, um, George Bernard Shaw, George Bernard Shaw, he said, the reasonable man adapts himself to the world, the unreasonable one persists in trying to adapt the world to himself should I read that again? The reasonable man adapts himself to the world. The unreasonable one persists in trying to adapt the world to himself. Therefore, all progress, all innovation, all evolution depends upon the unreasonable man or woman I would like to uh, include. And when I think about all of the entrepreneurs that I have spent my time with, in my mastermind or in my podcast or in my client interactions, they're always distinguished by their, their, sorry, my cat is disrupting here. Cat, you need to chill. Cat thinks she owned the place, man. She just comes in and just starts licking herself all over the place here. Cat, you are crazy. Um, So these entrepreneurs, they're often distinguished by their ability to think and act independently of the status quo. And, and, um, Conformity, conformity, on the other hand, what it does for them is it involves adopting perspectives and behaviors of the majority, which dampen your creativity and innovation. And by challenging this norm, um, like George Bernard Shaw says, by, by challenging this norm and embracing unique perspectives, Entrepreneurs they create these novel solutions to complex problems and and they drive progress and and they and and it, it just it sort of becomes a compounding fe- effect and and when they drive that progress when they make those changes in their industry in their fields and their process and their schools whatever it may be like other people latch onto that and and become inspired by that and so. The power of being individual—it doesn't only just help yourself; it helps those around you, and 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 all of those people that are being individuals, that are distinguishing themselves by acting and thinking, and critically thinking independently, are using a form of disobedience to sort of give the Heisman to the um, to the conformist, to the standard, to the status. And saying there might be a better way to do something. And, and all of that is sort of leads itself to, to just greater innovation. And, and innovation requires breaking away from the traditional way of doing things. Like you can't do things the same way. Somebody said something that something somebody said to me yesterday, um, actually, Kofi, this is a round two for you. You get a second reference. If you continue doing the same thing the same way, always you're gonna continue to get the same results, something to that effect. And so by being disobedient and, and therefore, by default, you become more innovative, you're, you're changing the way something has always been done because it's just always been done that way. And it's really important to remember that some of the most groundbreaking ideas in the history of this planet were initially met with resistance because they they defied the established belief or the established tradition. And and entrepreneurs who who reject this conformity are often the ones to usher in these new eras of innovation by questioning the status quo and and daring daring to imagine that there's a different future, there's a different outcome. And 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 that's really empowering for me. And that's really appealing to me. And and I and 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 it's it's not always comfortable to do that. Like I talked about at the outset of the call, you know being disruptive in my family was not comfortable i used to get the shit beat out of me and and a bunch of other stuff and man it was miserable at times and co- conformity on the other hand is is comfortable like you you you're not you're not under the under the um under the lights you're you're not you're not the spotlight and You're not always in trouble and you're not eating bars of soap and it's the path of least resistance. And look at the last three years, like people were, people, people did not resist and they really wanted their comforts given back and they were willing to conform a large popular percentage of the population of this planet was willing to conform just so they could be comfortable because it was the path of least resistance. And and they're going to they're paying the price for that and we will pay the price for that and and read between the lines on that if you will but we will all pay for pay the price for that because we're heading in a direction because of our conformity where there is no turning back at some point and and it's going to take people to be a bit disobedient a bit uncomfortable it's going to take people to really come together and 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 find their greatest resistance factor to avoid this conformity. And I'm going really dark, so um, let me switch gears real quickly and slap myself across the face. But you know, growth growth requires stepping into unfamiliar territories and confronting challenges head on. And, and nobody ever said it's going to be easy. It's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and sometimes death. And sorry, I went dark again. But truthfully speaking, historically and and people entrepreneurs or people in general who reject conformity they're willing to face this discomfort they're willing to face these challenges they're willing to face this pain to break away from these established norms and taking risks sometimes not calculated but taking risks and incurring a lot of failure but embracing the failure as critical elements in the pursuit of the success and innovation then and the change of the future that they want to see and and i want to talk about failure just real briefly like i've had some brilliant ideas and i've had some not so brilliant ideas and some of them i've tried to build and they didn't work out and i've had a lot of failures in my life and i've tried to take i didn't this i didn't do this early on but i'm now doing that and i'm taking a look at my failures and the things that just didn't really quite work out and and Pragmatically analyzing them to to better understand the lesson to be learned, most importantly. But how can I change tomorrow so that I don't repeat those mistakes? And 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 I have some that it sort of keep recurring and I'm rearing their ugly head. And I look over my shoulder and there it is again. I'm like, fuck! I'm I'm doing the same patterns, and I'm getting the same results. And and they're not that positive sometimes. And so you know doing the same thing over and over and over again without changing yields the same results. And so if you're if I don't pragmatically take a look at that discomfort and say, how can I use that discomfort and realize what didn't work out for me and change that for the next iteration so that when I step into that space, I'm more equipped to handle it, and more, you know. Give you an example. Um, I don't handle conflict very well when 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 I feel offended, and and that stems from my childhood. My therapist tells me, and we're kind of working on that shadow work. Thank you. I just told you my my flaws, but um, if I don't address those issues, and and this one in particular is me being offended by things that didn't go exactly as I wanted them to and and sort of how I respond to that. If I don't fix that, that's going to keep re- repeating itself in all of the interactions that it keeps appearing. And, and if I don't fix that now and understand that and really grow and step into that role of discomfort, then it's just going to keep happening over and over again. So 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 embrace the discomfort it's worth it in the end it sucks balls when you're in it it sucks balls it's like if you play have you ever been kicked in the balls before i play soccer so sometimes i've like been the ball is like landed in the in the in the jewels and it's like fuck the world feels like it's going to end and sometimes our failures and standing in the face of adversity or questioning the status quo and being disobedient just hurts but I personally want to put a ding in the universe, and that's not my original quote, but I want to put a ding in the universe. I I genuinely want to have an impact on this planet where I affect somebody's life or hopefully more than one person. And for me, wanting to put a ding in this planet, it encapsulates sort of the ethos, the nonconformist spirit that drives successful people to leave their unique ding on the world and and that's what i live for and and i don't have any um i don't have any apologies for it uh, i'm very self aware around what this means for me and and sort of what's on the line for for everybody who sort of holds that same uh, that same opinion and and the and how important it is to have some self-awareness around that and and when you look at these entrepreneurs that i've been talking about for 30 minutes or so they're unapologetically themselves every single one of them i've had some i've had some brilliant people on my podcast um recently that come to mind and all of them have this sort of unapologetic authenticity about themselves this self-awareness that they could get themselves in trouble for being loud and and bravado and unique and creative but they don't give a fuck and they just say I'm going to do it anyway and that's really really important because by having and establishing that self-awareness they're 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 pushing back on these societal expectations that are often null and void based and and they're focusing on their own unique goals that they want to accomplish and you know I um my business coach asked me to put together a, a vision board and I uh, you know at first I just sort of laughed at it and I used to think back I, I used to know somebody a dad a friend of mine's dad in high school um I would come in their house sometimes in the morning and he would be out on their like little sun deck and he had this recorder playing and it was uh, it was just words of like of affirmations, and I just think, well, what a weirdo! And I never really understood that until now. And so my um, my business coach asked me to put together a vision board, and I have it right here in front of me. And you know, I look at some of the things on here that I'm that I want to accomplish, and and most all of them sort of go against the status quo of what a standard a standard life might be. And I'm not saying that that's good or bad. I'm just saying like. I want to get my pilot's license and fly fly parts of the world so that I can just travel. Um I want to learn to scuba dive so that I can go as deep as I possibly can and swim with animals and or swim with um underwater life and just see shit because I you know underwater because I honestly think that that's the next frontier that you know 70% of the planet is covered with water so it stands to reason that there's a large number of things That we don't even know about that probably exist in that realm, and I was like, I would like to sort of be part of that, and somehow before I die. So anyhow, my vision board is sort of taking a lot of risks. It's stepping out of my bubble. It's it's not being a conformist. It's being creative. It's it's doing some shit I might not. That most people might not do. And you know, I want to jump out of an airplane naked. Like that's pretty freaking cool. But you know, can I do that? I don't know. But there's not a lot of people that would do that. So. This, this um, self-awareness around my authenticity, and it's a buzzword right now, and people are throwing it around, but it's actually a really good word. Mm-hmm. And it's not just really a buzzword. It's sort of an, an, a necessity, and you can call it originality, you can call it authenticity, you can call it uniqueness, whatever it is. But bottom line is when when people will take the time to embrace their true self and and express their unique visions and own up to that, They're they're able to build self-confidence and build trust with their audience maybe and really distinguish themselves in in whatever it is that they're trying to do, whether it's in business or personal or or, um, professional or whatever it is. And and really by by stepping into that power, you, you stand out from other people. And if you can stay true to your core values and beliefs that got you there in the first place and really align your actions with with your sort of identity that you've established you can really do some shit man and have greater satisfaction and greater success than i think you might have ever dreamed possible and and if you're not afraid to showcase this authentic self awareness this self this self if you will it's going to resonate with other people and you're going to be able to have an impact on those people even if just for selfish reasons and you want to grow your pr you disobey some shit you're going to stand out and if you can make sure that your disobedience doesn't lead to you know misaligned goals and things that are pernicious or damaging like you're going to you're going to um you're going to make a ding in the universe and and uh, I promise you that's just that's just how things work so that's only going to make you a stronger person or a stronger business or a stronger brand or a stronger husband or a stronger wife or whatever it is and yeah so do that what's the dude um Ralph Waldo Emerson he says to be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else is literally the greatest accomplishment and i just sort of want to resonate with those words for a minute to be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest accomplishment. Ralph Waldo Emerson said that. So how do you do that? How, how do you how do you clearly um, how do you disobey but not be pernicious? And, and I, I want to get to there's, there's a takeaway here at the end of this, and let me just sort of keep diving in. So um, I want to stay on this self-awareness and and defining visions and setting goals. And, and go back to my vision board. And, and I didn't realize how powerful it really was because by setting these visions and these goals, by creating this vision board that I'm holding in my hand, it, it makes me self-aware around them subconsciously and consciously. And, and that's sort of the key to everything because it it's a self-aware person understands their strengths and their weaknesses and their interests and their purposes. And and they learn how to leverage that understanding to form a very clear and compelling vision for what it is they want to accomplish. And using this vision as their North Star, as their guiding light, they're able to set strategic goals. And I'm doing this now so I know that it works. I'm setting strategic and I'm helping my clients do it. And I know that it works. And by being very, very clear on this vision and very, very clear on this purpose and being willing to disobey at all, at, at to achieve this, and disobedient, not disobey, to be disobedient and nonconformist, and it, it's it's only going to help me drive myself forward. And in the absence of that self-awareness, in the absence of not having these visions and these goals and what you want to accomplish, you risk losing sight of what you ultimately want to become and ultimately the potential that 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 you have and and like i don't remember this quote but unfulfilled potential has got to be one of the most self deprecating measures that i think personally i can endure because i think about you know ridicule and insults and the things that i have received over my life and they don't really matter as much to me as like me knowing that i didn't give my best and and that's really sort of an awful thing for me that un unfulfilled potential and so i really have tried to use that as a as my hammer and anvil if you will to kind of continue my life um disobedience also also leads to resisting societal expectations around you and it's it's really about breaking the mold and and challenging the status quo and this requires this requires a, a willingness to to resist societal expectations and and really create your own path and people who possess this strong sense of self and this self-awareness they're they're Better able, they're better equipped to resist pressure and conform. And I try to teach this to my kids all the time because, you know, dude, my daughter is seventeen year old, my other one is fourteen. And let me take a drink here. I'm drinking this crazy concoction of dandelion, mushrooms, um, this uh, uh, um, onion in honey and onion infusion that I created, and warm water. there's a bunch of different benefits from it, but it's really not that bad, and um, it really keeps my voice clean when I'm when I'm talking. So anyway, that's what I'm drinking. Just thought I'd share that with y'all. But anyway, so so my my kids. So I have this 17 and 14 year old kid, and they they couldn't be markedly different. And you know, my view of parenting has evolved over over the 17 years that I've been a father, and now I'm a single father. So I've been raising my kids in cooperation with my ex um, wife for the last what I was divorced in 2014. So the last nine years, um, and 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 my role as a father has changed significantly in in those years. Um, how I how I parent how I parent my kids has changed significantly over those years, but there's always been sort of one one common thread that I that has not changed, and for me that was sort of teaching my children to be self confident and a bit brazen and a bit disciplined or a lot disciplined and very firm in their self perspective of who they are. And I think I've done a pretty good job with that. Um, I do know that, you know, my kids have, have, have do have some suffrage and I'm not saying they're per- perfect in any way. Um, they're, they do their, they do their things. They're typical teenagers, but they do possess a sense of self-awareness that I'm very proud to say that, um, they have sort of cultivated on their own. And, and in that self-awareness, they're willing to sort of do a lot of the things that I've already talked about, which is um, resistance of the non-conformist perspective of, to everything and questioning everything and asking critical questions and having critical conversations with themselves and others around things that are just frivolously thrown at them. And and I love that. I freaking love that. And, um, you know, their ability to do that and your ability to do that will, these, this resistance to, you know, just because they told you these these societal norms, it's going to fuel innovation. Like, I believe my kids are going to do some really cool things on this planet because they're really smart and everyone thinks their kids are smart. And I'm not saying that yours won't do the same thing. I'm just saying, like I, I'm not saying my kids are better than you. I'm not one of those crazy-ass parents. I'm just saying that I believe my kids are going to do some really cool things someday because um, they have a lot of skills and assets that they have personally developed and because of their self-awareness and 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 I think some of the stuff that I've my ex and I have taught them that um they're they're gonna sort of leave a path of their own. And and there's a great quote that I want to close this section of it and then we're going to move into some of the science behind disobedience because actually believe it or not there's real science behind it. Um do not go where the path may lead, go instead where there is no path and leave a trail. And I I think that my kids and you know perhaps yours um if they possess these qualities of disobedience and self-awareness and and resistance to just doing something because everyone else did it, um they're they're, um, they're going to go where there is no path and leave a trail. And I'm really excited about seeing that. And and I think it's just a phenomenal aspect. So, all right, disobedience. I've talked a lot. I've kind of gone on. Those are all sort of my anecdotal um, perspectives. And you might say uh, you're a jackfruit, Devo. Um, disobedience only leads to trouble and malignment and bad reputations and all those things. And I suppose there's a grain of truth to that. I, I You know, I have not always been the most diplomatic individual. I probably have a nice reputation of being undiplomatic, and, and I'm sure that some, hopefully, some of you are listening can are nodding their heads yes. But um, there is actually some real science around this, and, and that, that there's a direct correlation between childhood disobedience and entrepreneurial success. And it's because dis- disobedience pushes beyond mediocrity, and it, it creates this this fuel for a desire for more. And I didn't say more money. I just said a desire for more intellect, more creativity, more traveling, more bigger business, more bank account, if that's your thing, whatever. It just sort of leads to that compounding idea that I am I want to keep improving and getting better. So um, I put, I've, I've done some research on this and I've read two of these books. So I just wanted to sort of share them with you. Um, this is not just sort of idle chatter on, uh, chatter on my part. Um, I do actually read to, to, to be able to pragmatically support my beliefs. And if I'm wrong in my beliefs, then I'll be the first one to admit it. But um, I, I'm going to stand behind this one wholeheartedly until somebody can come along and tell me otherwise that a key element of a, of a successful human and a successful entrepreneur Um, specifically for this podcast, is a characteristic of disobedience. Um, So there's a book called Childhood Skill Development and Adult Political Participation. Um, It's by the author named Martin Obshanka, and found that rebellious, rule-breaking children were more likely to become entrepreneurs as dual adults. So I'm making that connection between entrepreneurship and and, and disobedience. Again, that's the point of the podcast. Um, I think there's a larger spectrum for it, but we'll keep it confined to that in the research here. And in, and in their book, they suggest that this may be due to a higher tolerance for risk and more innovative thinking. Traits that are advantageous in entrepreneurship, and and so that's the quote from the book. Um, the second book is Entrepreneurship and the Disobedient Child: A Study of the Homogenous Influence, Homogeneous Influence of Grandfathers, and this is a research article by. Um, What's the name? Mandelman is the name of the author. So I had to read my readings there. Mandelman suggests that a family's history of entrepreneurship can also influence a children's rebellious tendencies. And this disobedience can in turn predict their entrepreneurial behavior. So um, sort of like a um that's a, a divergence of my theory. But that divergence brings it back up to the the predictable outcome that um, hypothesizing is, is sort of um, prevalent in entrepreneurs. And then the third book here, which is the one I read, Rebellious Teenagers Are Future Entrepreneurs. And this is really what started me on a lot of my parenting tactics is this book. And then another one, which I have behind me called Scream-Free Parenting, which is another fantastic book that you can apply to um, your social life, which apparently I need because I do still find myself getting in some more vocalized uh, conversations with others than I should. Um, anyhow, um, in this book, um, it's it's a university. Um, I don't even think there's even an author to it, um, but they have a quote from, they found that there's a rule-breaking behavior in adolescence was directly correlated with entrepreneurial activity later in life. And they they have a bunch of data and science around it. So um, there's some science, there's um, there's more if you want to Google um the correlation between disobedience and entrepreneurship you'll get a bevy of stuff to read and sit down and agree with or disagree with and I welcome your feedback on the podcast by the way after you listen to this um, drop me some comments or questions um if you have a dissenting opinion I'm all ears uh, if uh, I don't have the answers this is just sort of my personal beliefs and and take them for what they are so um so how do we dis how do we embrace this disobedience um and, and I just want to be very clear I, embracing disobedience it's not a call for some freaking civil rebellion here i'm not being like okay grab your pitchforks and you know let's go down to the local tavern and erect the place that's not what i'm asking for here or what i'm even suggesting but rather a wake up call to break free from your traditional beliefs and your conformities if they're not suiting what it is you're trying to accomplish and start to chart your own path boldly and unapologetically and using your sort of innate rebellion to transform your life or your business or your career or whatever it is you're trying to do. And it's just breaking free. And as Thomas Jefferson said, I find that the harder I work, the more luck I seem to have. And, and using your work around your self-awareness and your work around sort of questioning the things that don't make sense to you and questioning the way that you've always done things and getting the same results and start to, to sort of break free from that conformity um I think there's gonna there's going to be a, a positive compounding effect. And as entrepreneurs, you know, following the crowd, I, th- I think of myself as a photographer. Um, if I were to follow what every other photographer do, you know, I might have a couple of good photos in here or there, but that's not my work. And by being unique in my in my version of photography, by being unique in my version of business branding and strategy, um I'm starting to have some groundbreaking success, and I'm starting to pick up the types of clients that I really, really want to surround myself with. and I'm really starting to, Find the type of people that are really changing my life, and and embracing this spirit of of disobedience for me, it just means questioning these these um, these established norms and daring, really just daring to think differently than than most anyone else does. And anyone who can challenge the status quo often enough, you'll find that you you just you uncover these unique solutions that had you not taken the time and the energy to go down that rabbit hole to begin with, to question the status quo, um, you would have never found out about it. And because you did, you, you were able to have these, these insights and these light bulbs that go off that led to these innovative approaches that can redefine the ethos of of the industry you're in or, or just things in general. And and by being rebellious and sort of just saying no to conformity and you and you sort of maintain your, your alignment to your purpose and your and your integrity around that like we talked about at the outside uh, outside of the show and and not being pernicious in what it is you're trying to accomplish you can become a freaking driving force and you know you can make the ding in that universe so step into that space baby um chart your own path and and embrace this disobedience because it goes hand in hand with with creating your own unique way of doing things. And, and people take notice of that. And, and when you do that, you can be innovative and you can be salty and you can be progressive and, and you can do all the shit that's just going to make a difference in this planet. So don't just follow a preset route because someone told you to do it. If that's the route that makes the most sense, then by all means, proceed accordingly. But stop and ask yourself, is this what's in the best interest for the outcome of what I'm trying to accomplish here? And trust yourself intuitively and pragmatically put in the time and energy to understand it. And if it doesn't, boldly and unapologetically define your own path, man. And and I think that you'll find that you're going to have unprecedented success in doing that. So and that doesn't happen just by accident man you like you have to you like you have to put in hard work and persistence i think this whole idea of manifesting thing and i think on a certain level um you can transcend those sort of qualities and be able to just like make magic out of thin air but i'm not at that level and i don't think most people are at that sort of jesus level to be able to do whatever it is you want so so in order to kind of chart your own path by and using disobedience as your, your sort of like your magna carta but you have to put in hard work and persistence and, and and there's no guarantee of anything like nothing is a guarantee i'm not saying just because you're being disobedient means you're going to have instant success like you got to put the time in man you you got to put the work in you've got to continue learning you've got to surround yourself with people that make you a better version of yourself you that that's your friends that's your your chums that's your partners that's your romance like the things that you surround yourself with um they they have to be inspiring. And, and you have to be willing to, to to put in the blood, sweat, and the tears, because unless you have a, a rich mommy or a rich daddy, um, and even then, I would argue that that's probably not that f- as fulfilling of a life as, as could be. Um, I don't know. I'm, I don't have a rich mom and dad. So if somebody wants to give me a silver spoon for a few months and let me try it out, I'm, I'll volunteer just to kind of see what that side looks like. I mean, I just came back from a... <laughs> Is there such a thing as a six star resort um, that's opening up in Isla Mujeres, which is about 40 nautical miles outside of Cancun. And I was there photographing content for um, She's Your World. It's a um, a new business that my friend Heather Dietrich Pietro is starting. Um, she's a travel agent and she's launching this new business called She's Your World, which caters to um, women over 40, I think, uh, maybe just women in general, but I think older, more established women would probably be a safe way to say it. People that have um, some disposable income, um, generally, that's a niche for her, and are sort of solo travelers, but they're looking for something a little bit more boutique and upscale. and um adventurous and just sort of not like your standard kitschy, sit around the the buffet table at the resort and and eat your double your body weight for a week um so anyhow I was down in Mexico with her and a resort which I'm not allowed to name yet because they're not open and they're doing a grand opening and creating content and a cross collaboration for them and the the place was unlike anything I've ever stayed at really unlike it from from top to bottom and from bottom to top from the the aesthetics, to how um, the decor, to how the layout of the, the facility, to the staff. The staff was amazing. I met so many cool people. Um, I love Mexico, and I love Mexicans. They're just the hardest-working people, and um, combine that with luxury, hardworking Mexicans and luxury, and like you have literally the perfect recipe for a fantastic time. And and I had, a, I had my own butler. Um, Jesus, it's like waiting hand and foot on me. And it was amazing. And so, having the ability to, and I and I was paid to stay there. So it's it's like a really high end resort, and the most amazing food you've ever had. There's like eight different restaurants in this resort, and it's really small and boutique. But they have eight restaurants, which is so cool. And you can try out different ones throughout the day. And and I did. Believe me, stomach tells me um, that I'm not lying. And um, but the people who are going to be going to those resorts. Those are people who have money and influence and have um, disposable income, and they got there by being uh, by hard work and persistence. and And I was still sort of talking about you know having that cushy life, and it's it's hard work to get there. And I really enjoyed myself in that space, and it's something that um, I can I'm I'm working towards continually trying to be able to achieve. So I leave you with a quote. Um, sorry, I'm not going to leave you. I have three takeaways for this, but I'd leave you with a quote on the actual thing that I want to talk about, um, which is success is no accident. It's hard work, it's perseverance, it's learning, it's studying, it's sacrifice, and most of all, most of all, love what you are do- doing or what you're learning to do. And my man, Pele, soccer player, said that. Success is no accident, it's hard work, perseverance, learning, studying, sacrifice, and most of all, love of what you are doing. And I love that quote by Pele, and I just think it it is a fantastic recap to... Everything that we've talked about. And I'm really just grateful that I had the opportunity and the platform to share that with you. So, um, we for the past hour or so really dove into exploring the daring world of entrepreneurship and the intersection between that and disobedience and the rebellious spirit, the the rebellious spirit um, that often comes to the success we just talked about. So, how do you do that? Embrace your inner rebel. Take calculated risks and never underestimate the power of self-awareness. It's not about breaking the rules for the, for the sake of, of breaking rules. I'm not saying that. Let me just repeat that again. It's not about breaking rules for the sake of breaking rules, but rather challenging the norms that hold you back from achieving your potential. So say that again, it's challenging your norm, the norms that are holding you back from achieving your potential and if you can if you can stay curious if you can stay persistent if you can stay creative if you can stay stay open to ideas and and be willing to explore and in that process sort of disobey the standards then i think that you're going to find the things that you're looking for and i'm really excuse me, I'm really grateful that um, you're willing to take that journey. So, And thank you for your time today. If you enjoyed this podcast, if you could, please subscribe and share it with your friends, share it with your family. Um, That's how I grow. That's how I can continue to bring you cool shows like this. Um, If you'd like some more insights, you can follow me on social media. I use my social media, primarily Instagram, to sort of drop this Things that matter to me. Um, you can sign up for my newsletter, which comes out every Friday at roughly two o'clock in the afternoon. Um, I had to cough, sorry. Um, what else? Oh, leave me a review, man. Drop me a review. This plays on Spotify, this plays on iTunes. If you like what you hear, leave me some notes, man. I like to hear that I'm doing a good job, that uh, you like the topics I'm talking about. Maybe you have some suggestions for some guests. Um, or a different topic we would we could uh, explore together. Uh, put it in the comments. Uh, I'm I'm all ears. I, I I would love to create this show for you. So anyhow, that's all I got for today. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me ramble and hypothesize. And I hope that you got something out of it. Um, if nothing else, I hope it it left a question in your mind that. It's okay to disobey things from time to time, that you don't have to do things the same way you've always done them or that everyone else has done them just because that's the way they've been done. Maybe explore a little bit, find out why it's being done that way. And if it suits you, then carry on. If it doesn't, find a new way, blaze a new path. Anyway, I'm Devo. Appreciate you all. It's the weekend. Hope you have good plans. Be safe. Have fun. Do something adventurous that scares you a little bit. Peace out, bros and sisters.